We've all had that experience. We've gone to restaurants and you walk out and you look at the bill and you're like, God, we paid that much for that? This is that opposite where you walk out and you say, that's all we paid for that? I grew up going to Chili's and Mexican Inn. Nothing wrong with those places. But now there's a bigger, vast uh, number of restaurants with different culinary cuisine that just make it a great town. You are a self-proclaimed foodie, so uh, I want to ask you... That's just because I'm fat, so... (laughs) (laughs) No comment. It's the Culinary School Podcast, presented by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Here's your host, James Criange. All right, welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, James Criange. Today, I'm joined by Michael Crane, a man who holds many titles in Fort Worth, (laughs) the most recent of which is the owner of Medici in the Left Bank area of Fort Worth. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great. Uh, So (laughs) the way that felt right to start the podcast is to tell you I'm from New Jersey. Um, I've grown up on New Jersey, New York-style pizza my whole life. Um, and I'm very, very picky about my pizza. Give me your pitch to get me to come to Medici. Yeah, sure. Well, we're not trying to be a New York pizza. We're not trying to be um, anything except an authentic Neapolitan-style pizza, which means you have uh, very little ingredients in the dough itself. We've got our double-zero caputo flour out of Italy, yeast, water, and salt. And then we also say passion as part of it, too. But um, it is uh, a it, it really does catch some people off guard, especially here in Texas, where maybe they're not exposed to a lot of different styles of pizza. Um, and it really is our ingredients are mostly non-GMO and very fresh. Uh, so it, it is a different style of pizza than most people are, uh, are, are know. And our ovens are a big part of that, too. These are shipped in from Italy, the Acunto family that's been making them for 400 years. Uh, that's a big part of keeping you know ri- the dough rising at the same time the ingredients are being cooked on the top. What kind of response have you gotten from people in the area? I, I think a positive response. I, uh, when we, people come in, um, the, they love the food. You know, th- that's part of, the, part of the overall is the food, but also it's a, the theme of Medici and our, our uh, sort of brand is about people reconnecting. Medici literally translates into you tell me. You tell me. Tell me what you want on your pizza, but also put down your phone. Talk to me. Tell me what's been going on in your life. So when we thought about getting into the restaurant industry, my wife and I wanted something. We, we love going to restaurants, and we love those moments that it creates for people, talking over food, celebrating over food, and that's what we try to create with the restaurant. What are some of the pros and cons about owning a chain restaurant as opposed to having uh, like your own independent place? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the, the pros are uh, that because it's a franchise concept, some of the fault, faults that you may have at the beginning of a restaurant, trips and fails and that sort of thing, you don't necessarily have. You start out a, a little uh, with the recipes and everything else. There, there's a system behind you to help you succeed. Um, you know, we love independent restaurants. Tons of our friends are chefs, but we also know the struggles they have there. And I would say that they're chefs and they're very creative. And so um, that's what's fun for them to get in there. So I guess the negative is there's not a lot of creativity that you have, but when you have some great recipes, uh, it really doesn't matter on that side. You've described Medici as having a fast dining, fast, uh, fast casual experience, yet It's more of a fine dining uh, overall experience. Can you explain that juxtaposition there? Yeah, I think there's a new uh, sort of brand that's been created or or level of service. It's not fast food and it's not fast dining. It's fast fine. 
and so where you feel like you've had a fine dining experience, but you haven't walked out and paid that price. We've all had that experience. We've gone to restaurants and you walk out and you look at the bill and you're like, God, we paid that much for that. This is that opposite where you walk out and you say, that's all we paid for that because you're going to come back. You're going to tell your friends, you're going to help us, help us grow. We have shifted. Uh, we, you know, part of what's been good about our franchise is realizing what works in a market and what doesn't. In California, the fast, uh, fine dining experience where you go up and order and sit down and the food's brought to you, um, works in, in a sense. Here it doesn't in Texas, and they've seen that in a lot of the other franchises. So we've actually switched to full table service. Same great food. We've actually added pastas and calzones, which is another great thing that the, the franchise is always testing out other recipes to add to the menu. Uh, but people still get that fine dining experience, but they're not walking out paying a fine dining price. Do you have any creative freedom with the menu, or are you kind of tied to what the franchise does at their other locations? Uh, if the franchise is listening, no, I do not have creative. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we've gotten really, uh, we have gotten creative, and they are, uh, to add things permanently, permanently to the menu, there are uh, uh, certain hoops you have to jump through. But last week we brought in Victor Villarreal, who brought in a, his Abe Froman sausage, and we made, you know, Victor made his own pizza. Um, actually, tonight we have Juan Rodriguez and Magdalena's, uh, coming in, and he's going to do kind of a Mexican-themed uh, pizza. And Stefan Rochelle, another chef, is coming in in a couple weeks. Hal Tran and another Joshua Harmon, they're all coming in to do uh, that as sort of our celebrity chef series over the month of July and August. So we do get some freedom in that sense, but overall the recipes and processes are given to us by the franchise. That's awesome. And can they? Uh, can people listen and check out your Facebook page to see – uh, what chefs are coming in and yeah we you know, put it out there put out events and so yeah if you go to medici fort worth uh the f- facebook page we're putting out there and and um yeah so it, it's it's pretty exciting because the the what's great about these chefs that they're friends but they also just love the experience and so that's what's fun with when victor came in we're excited about Juan tonight they get back there and they just love making people happy. So they get creative, and it gets them out of their regular day-to-day and, and do something a little different. Yeah, I think I think that's a really neat idea. Uh, tell me about the olive tree that grows inside your restaurant. Yeah, so we get a lot of questions about that and a lot of feedback and Instagram. We have a live olive tree growing in the middle of the restaurant. The whole restaurant uh, is supposed to be sort of the feeling of you're going to an Italian piazza, and you're going up and order in a window, and then you sit down and sit under the olive tree. So we have a real live olive tree that was brought in after the concrete report, so we had to, to cut into the concrete. But it just goes along with the whole theme. Um, you know, your live, you know, the Italian life. Our our ceilings are 22 uh, foot ceilings that uh, is meant to just give you an open air. We have this big, great windows. Um, unfortunately, right now with the, I think today is supposed to be 108 degree. <laughs> um, it makes it a little difficult, but overall, it's 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 a great sort of open experience for people. Uh, so Fort Worth is traditionally known as barbecue Mexican food. Um, and within the past uh, probably 10 years, um, maybe even shorter, I, I remember coming, uh, I started at TCU about six years ago, uh, and there wasn't too much else, and, and it's kind of been expanding. So what made you feel like this was the right time to invest in an Italian restaurant? And do you see that Italian trend uh, coming to Fort Worth? What I think is about uh, Fort Worth, it's funny that you say about 10 years ago you saw the change. You know, my wife and I left in 2000. Um, moved to D.C. for a number of years and then Beijing. And then we started looking at we wanted to move back to the U.S. and where would we go because we could have gone anywhere. And we started looking at Fort Worth. And so we moved back in 2014. And I think if you'd asked us, I mean, even a few years before that, would we ever come back to Fort Worth? 
The answer was no. But we started looking at the, the food scene, the restaurant scene, and all those things, the art scene, which had always been great here, but was sort of turning turning a little bit there too. Um, all, the, all those things make a city greater and more interesting. And so for us, that part of it too, uh, with chefs, there are just so many independents popping up. And before I th- they were around, but I think they felt more at home here. And yeah, you're right. Barbecue and Mexican food are always going to be staples here. But I think that the, the population here is, uh, is, is growing in their palate. I mean, I grew up going to Chili's and Mexican Inn. Nothing wrong with those places. But now there's a bigger, vast uh, number of restaurants with different culinary cuisine that just make it a great town. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And, and even on this podcast, we've had you know pretty much every uh, genre of food uh, come on and, and talk about it. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about you. And, and you kind of alluded to this, uh, but you studied law and you've since worked in politics, government, philanthropy, real estate. You've worked for George W. Bush and the U.S. ambassador uh, to China. Did you ever think you'd get involved with the food industry? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. We we have had, my wife and I both, great opportunities and doors open for us. And so when we came back to Fort Worth, sort of after all of that, I went to work for a, a tech startup, and I won't name it, but it's out there and everybody knows it and probably uses it for rides. And it wasn't for me. Um and at one point, my wife said, I think you need to not work for anybody else anymore, that you should figure out a path forward. You have, you've had some incredible jobs and opportunities. And that's how the idea of starting to look at something else, whatever that was. And we hired a franchise consultant that came to us and gave several recommendations. This was the only restaurant. And so we looked at it as a way to you know, invest in our city and be a part of what's going on here, create jobs. And create, as I said earlier, the experience where people can go and have a great time. And you know, I'm not a chef. I kind of am, but I'm not. And, and I'm, I'm more of a, a business owner and an entrepreneur of that sense. And so for me, having that backing or going to a franchise versus starting my own restaurant just made a lot more sense. Uh, has there been a big learning curve for you in this industry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you know, there, there's a difference between playing restaurant and owning a restaurant. And I would say that we were pretty clued into how tough the business would be, but I don't think at the same time contradicting that we were. I mean, there is there is a huge learning curve, and I think that any chef that starts up a business too, in, in another sense, they have the creativity and the idea, but you need to have the business sense on the other side. And so, fortunately, we brought the business sense uh, to it, but it's just a tough industry all the way around. People. Um, you know, finding great people is is tough. Um, there are some out there, but with the job market right now, it's 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 tough. Um, getting all the pieces and parts together that you need to run it is tough, and it's a little bit different because we're relying on a lot of other people to help make it happen, to make the dough, to make the ingredients, to do all that. We we can't do that all ourselves, and so relying on people to really build that and build that culture and uh, is is tough. Uh, so I've got a question for you about your time in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, Chi Fan for charity. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, Cheer Fan. Oh, sorry. Cheer- no, 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 <laughs> I knew no, I was going to mess no, that up. I, no, it's Cheer Fan. Cheer Fan literally means to eat. And so Cheer Fan for charity. And while we were there, um, my, I, we moved over in 2006 as part of the Bush administration. I was chief of staff at the U.S. Embassy uh, there from 2006 to 2009. And my wife and I, about a year into the, we were political, so we weren't going to stay with the embassy, but we decided we liked Beijing and we wanted to stay. 
my wife was very involved in a lot of different charitable work while I was at the embassy and really couldn't be. And when I left, I, I sort of, there were a lot of things going through my mind when I left the embassy, but um, I had a lot of, we'd made a lot of friends in the food and beverage industry that owned restaurants, et cetera. And um, I, I just kind of had this epiphany and we'd been involved and done friend, fundraisers. And so the idea was um, restaurants get hit up all the time for gift certificates, but you don't know really when they're used. And if they're for $100, they're put out on a table, maybe at some point, you know, but no one's ever going to pay more than $100 for, the, for that. So I just, I went to, um, it was uh, Ignace at, at Maison Balloud. At the time, Danielle Balloud, Danielle's had uh, an outpost there and said, I have this crazy idea. What if I hit you up for a table of 10 all on the same night or, and I'm going to um, hit up other restaurants all on the same night? And then all the money that we raise from the seats we'll give to charity and we'll pick a charity, whatever it is. And and so it's morphed and this is 10 years. This is the 10th anniversary. We raised over a million dollars for probably 35 different uh, Chinese charities. Um, Joanna and I somewhat stepped out of it a couple of years ago so it could continue in China, but to see it continue to go on and, you know, some great success stories uh, on one night we raised probably uh, from uh, educating girls of rural China, 75% of their yearly operating budget, we raised for them on one night. So to see that what's been uh, life-changing for a lot of people there it was cool to see and see it continue. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And, and you brought that idea back to Fort Worth, didn't you? Yeah. we uh, in, When we moved back in 2014, I really, really wanted to do it here. And if I – anybody that's been or lived in China knows that if you can do something in China and it's somewhat of a success, it, it can be replicated here more <laughs> easily than the hoops you have to jump through there. And so we started it out and started with uh, 15 restaurants and then grew it. Uh, last year to 40 restaurants and you know incrementally every year we're growing Uh, we're in the process right now of choosing next year's charity so we're a a setup we've set up as a 501c3 it's called foodie philanthropy and we actually raise the money and give it to other charities and so we're we're right now in the middle of the the selection process for the 2019 charity the event will be on february 2nd and then uh, you know we restaurants get involved it's easy for them and and people uh, the concept is you, a table of 10 goes in and sits down and has a dinner. The restaurant does what they do best. They serve people. It's not the chefs taking their wares and schlepping them to a hotel or doing some, cooking somewhere else. They're in their own restaurant. Um, and the people, they decide, the, the uh, restaurant decides the menu. The people, um, we sell the seats at a higher rate than you probably would pay. But that money all goes to charity, and we're able to do some great things. I think that's a, just an awesome, awesome idea. It's, it's really cool. Thank you. How can people get involved uh, with this program? Yeah, if you, if you go to foodiephilanthropy.org, F-O-O-D-I-E, philanthropy, P-H-I-L-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y.org. I'll spell it out for <laughs> I'll, you. I'll put, I'll put the link in the Yeah, put the, the that's nice. Um, foodiephilanthropy.org and sign up, or you can shoot me an email. It's MDC for my initials, Michael David Crane at foodiephilanthropy.org. We'll get you involved, and um, it's fun. Whether you're a table host, which you you, you get your friends to come to the table, and uh, or you're one of the restaurants. And I forgot the the most amazing part. What I also watched were a lot of big ballroom fundraisers, where a lot of the money went to hotels and ballrooms. Nothing wrong with that. Got tons of friends out there in the hotel industry that need that to happen. But we have an after party, so you you do what you do on a Saturday night. You go to dinner with all your old friends and new friends, and then you go to a party and see all your other friends. And so all the tables merge on that same night at a place, um, and this year we'll, we'll again be at uh, TX Whiskey Ranch. Uh, Troy and Leonard have been great to us, and so we're looking forward to that. 
That's great. That's really cool. Um, so you're clearly very busy. You've got your uh, foodie philanthropy. You've got your restaurant. Um, how are you able to balance your time between work and family? You know, it's it's something I get that question a lot, and I say it's just something that I do. Um, we try as much as we can to incorporate our family into things that we do. Uh, we've done that since we our girl, our t- twin, ten year olds are adopted from China. And then we have a two-and-a-half-year-old. But we, from the beginning, would take them to places so they would understand um, just being out and, and the, the social obligations that you have there. So whether it's to charity stuff or whatever, we would take them with us. And so we try and meld that as much as possible. But it is. It's, it's a juggle, I would say. I, my wife um, probably I, you know, takes the brunt of things more than I do, of making sure the kids are taken care of, et cetera. But it, it is a... Um, uh, I, I think by what we're doing too is teaching them different things, and that's my job as a father. Is you you have as a as a member of society certain social obligations that you need to make sure that you take care of and do. And so, yeah, I, from f- the other side of that is um, I don't sleep that much, so <laughs> <laughs> so we're able to get some things done there while others might be sleeping. But uh, it's it's just a constant juggle. I don't think I think everybody has that same problem. Uh, so to start to wind this down, you are a self-proclaimed foodie. So uh, I want to ask That's you. That's just because I'm fat. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> uh, so I just want to ask you, um, you know, besides your own place, what are some of your favorite places in Fort Worth? Oh, you can't do that to me because I have so <laughs> many friends out there. Um, you know, there. What I love to see is people be creative behind the behind the counter and uh, in the kitchen. And so I'm, I'm not going to name names because there are a lot of great people out there, and I think they know who they are because I consider them friends. Um, so we have a lot of great independent restaurants out there uh, here in Fort Worth and you know, support them. This is what I'll say overall. We, I, I've run into people going, oh, I've been meaning to come to your restaurant. Well, we need you to come to the restaurant, and we need you to go to other restaurants. And it, you think about it and think about what have been good because saying, oh, I wish I would have went and that place closes down – we lose a lot of the fabric that's making Fort Worth interesting. And so we've got some great some great things that are succeeding. We have some great things that we need to succeed. So if you've sat and said, gosh, I want to I, we should go there, then you should go there or we should and just support the the people that are making Fort Worth great. Uh, now that you have your own restaurant, do you view restaurants differently when you go sit down? Do you take a different view of the restaurant as a whole? Yes, it, I have to say it makes it much less enjoyable to go out to eat now <laughs> because you notice things that you probably didn't before. Um, you know, and that's what I would say to, to people listening to this that may not have, have been in our, I, you know, waited tables 25 years ago. So, and the industry has changed a lot that I would say it's a hard business. Um, it is hard from so many different angles and have some, have have some empathy when you go into restaurants and maybe you didn't get your straw as fast as you wanted your straw, but there's 16 other things going on. And, and that's what I would say. Yeah. I, I go into restaurants now and I just notice things that I probably shouldn't, but I have a far greater empathy than I did before, just knowing how hard it is and how hard the workers work and it, it, it to produce the food and to just take care of you. It's a, it's a tough business. Uh, so for all the culinary students that are listening to this podcast, what do you look for in your staff um, to make sure that they're giving their customers uh, the best time possible? Yeah, so 
um, we have team friends. That's what they're called instead of employees and to take care of our guest friends. Um, this is this is what I would say is imperative. Someone that cares. Um, I understand people have their own baggage in life and everything else, but if you're you're taking a job that you care about it and you care about it succeeding and you succeeding, um, everyone I know in the industry and I consider good friends. If you take care of them, they're going to take care of you. And so I think sometimes there's a mentality of uh, it's just a job and I get my little paycheck and I go on. But you have to understand you're part of a bigger fabric. So I look for someone that cares. I look for someone that's honest. Um, You can't believe that you'd have to say that in this day and age. But, yeah, someone that's honest and someone that, um, you know, is critically thinking all the time. Uh, It's not always possible because you're just trying to get the job done. But anything you can do to make things run more smoothly makes things run more smoothly and so the to me those are great qualities you know honesty um integrity will win the day anytime and just a little bit of fire you got some fire in you we're gonna take care of you i think that's great advice well michael thank you so much for coming on uh, this has been a lot of fun hey thank you this has been fun too thanks i appreciate it